Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone. We about to party. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Aubrey Edwards here with Alex Abrahentes, one of my best, best friends in the world. I feel like we've hit that point now because you co-host enough of these. Yeah, absolutely. We're besties. This is great. No, I'm confident saying that. Yes, Guru <laughs> Shivani. This is what he gets for ditching me. He's he's been replaced as best friend. I've gone full heel. This is <laughs> this is what happens. Uh oh. Wait until we see him on dynamite. The mistake was thinking I was I was babyface the whole time anyway. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> I want to talk about our our wonderful guest today, the amazing Soraya, Renee Paquette's sidekick. Hello. How are you in this wonderful morning? <laughs> Oh, wonderful. I mean, did you just say Renee on Sidekicks? I'd love you if you just said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, good. I put it in my bio as soon as uh, she was signed up to AEW. I was just like, there it is. It's official. It's meant to be. Right. I was uh, I was actually listening to like your most recent episode with her on her podcast recently. Yeah. And it's just like the the relationship that you two have together is is obviously like, oh my God, these guys are like really good friends. And I'm just so happy that you both joined AEW like at the same time. Well, yeah, it's crazy because our our lives are kind of like syncing up at the same time. Because like, you know, when I first started in the other company within like a couple of months, Renee was there. And then we were like together and best friends for like, well, up until, you know, this point, you know. And then when she left, I was like, oh no, (laughs) she left and left me. Like, what are we going to do now? So I blame her for the fact that I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to leave too. <laughs> there you go. And look, it's all full circle. Did you guys keep in touch a lot? Oh, one time. We text every single day. Wow. Every single day. There's always like something I need to text her about or she texts me about. Or just like venting or just like, you know, we're always communicate in some way. But yeah, our lives kind of synced up because she was, we were both going through like that couple of months stage where it was just like, oh man, like, what do we do now? Like, what's happening? You know, and like, we just felt like, well, for a couple of years, actually, we were kind of like in a rut. Not so much like with her, like work, like uh, in her life, because she just had a baby and all that kind of fun stuff. But work-wise and me work-wise, I just felt like we were both like, we could be doing so much more. And I don't know, like, you know, what, but we, we, we feel like we could do so much more. But unfortunately, I had chains attached to me, so I couldn't really do very much. But when those chains kind of like fell off, 
like a couple of months again was like, oh God, this is really intimidating. Like, oh my gosh, we're out in the real world now. Like what's going to happen? We're outside this bubble. Like what the fuck? And then me and Renee like both kind of got the calls at the same time <laughs> at AEW. And we we're just like, oh my gosh. Hey, sister, we're meant to be like attached to the hip at all times. So yeah, she was like influential in my decision too. <laughs> like, and she's just the most amazing, incredible human being. And I feel like with her being on AEW TV, it like helps it a lot. Yeah. She just like meshes all the segments together so flawlessly and perfectly. And she's people don't realize how creative she is too, because she didn't really get to let her creative juices flow very much. But like with her, even in my stuff, like her and Moxley, we're all like bouncing ideas off each other. And she comes up with such good like lines for my promo, for like backstages. You know, it's like it's like a whole unit and people don't realize how much work she puts in. But yeah, I, I will spend hours talking about Renee. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, this is a podcast about you, not Renee. We've already had Renee on. She was fantastic, much like you are. Let's make this about Renee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk 45 minutes about Renee. Yeah. Like, screw it. Whatever. You'll have to come back on the podcast. We'll talk yeah, about you. Yeah, so unfortunately, we're filming this before Full Gear actually happens, which is kind of unfortunate on the timing. But yeah. based on today, like you just announced this week on Dynamite that you were 100% cleared, which is 100% absolutely incredible. And I think all of us were sort of like hoping that was going to happen once yeah. you came out at Grand Slam. Like, oh, my God, is she going to wrestle? Please, 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 please. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. So how did how did you feel when the doctor first told you like, OK, you're cleared. You can do whatever you want. Well, it was Halloween. I'm, I I feel like I have to clear this up because I feel like the internet just like creates their own stories about how I was cleared and who cleared me and stuff like that, which is just like, calm down. Like, you're not with me. You're not behind the scenes. You have no idea. You just, the assumptions are strong in, in the IWC. So people think that I went to multiple different doctors. I didn't. I went to one doctor, you know, AW doctors, uh, Dr. Sampson and, and also Tony Khan and, you know, they were like, we can't let you wrestle until we know you are a thousand percent cleared. They did it the right way. You know, they were just like, we, we, we're not going to let you do anything until then. Like, you can do these physicalities here and there, but like, we cannot let you in good conscience that you get in the ring. You know, it was too much of a liability, right? So I was like, no worries. You know, a couple of years ago, I did do x-rays and they were looking good, you know, but I didn't do the MRIs and, and the CT scans because they're, they're the parts where you have to look at the nitty gritty stuff. Like, like the full picture. So uh, Halloween, which is perfect day of the year, I went to go see a doctor here in Marina Del Rey. He's fantastic. He works with NFL players, NBA players, huge singers, like a female singer that was just in a couple of days before me. I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, she was here. I love that, you know. But like he, you know, is so up there as a doctor that there's no way he would have cleared me without being 100% ready to go. So, and people don't realize that either. They just think I just picked some random off the internet. I was just like, okay, write me a freaking note. But yeah, so the doctor did the x-ray. Everything was looking really good. And then he was like, okay, but we have to triple check. Let's get the MRIs. Let's get the CT scans. Let's do this thing. And then, you know, we'll try and get it done in one day. He got them, um, you know, the note written in an hour. I went downstairs in the building, did both of them, came straight back upstairs again. And he was just over the moon. He was just like, it's only been five years. He was just like, that you, you have full fluid around your spinal cord again, which is the thing that would have paralyzed me. Mm-hmm. The spinal fluid, because I didn't have that cushion around my spinal cord. Wow. So I remember 
uh, seeing it last time and being like, oh, yeah, there's no spinal fluid there. But this time, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I've seen a couple of MRIs by now. And I was just like, oh, there seems to be some fluid around that bad boy, you know. And he was just like, yeah. So I was like, okay, so what's the deal with the paralysis side of things? And he just said, it's rare. Now you have that cushion and stuff, you know. He goes, you know your body. So if you're starting to feel like a little sore here and there, which you're going to feel getting back in the swing of things, he was like, take care of yourself. So he asked me like, how quick do you want to jump back in and all that kind of stuff? And I said, I don't want to make the same mistake again where I wrestle Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, taking all these bumps. I was like, I need to be cautious this time with myself. Like, this is my decision. And Tony and everyone was so accommodating with that. And I love that. They were just like, we will go at your pace. We, whenever you're ready to start getting fully back in the swing of things, we'll do it. So it's not that I'm scared to get back in the ring. I want, like, I'm a hundred percent ready to go. I just want to take it slower this time. So I don't make the same mistake again. And so people like on the internet are just like, how is she clear? She's going to hurt herself. And then on the other hand, they're like, wait, you don't want to take a pile driver in German. Are you even cleared? You know? And you're like, Exactly. Well, like I don't, I don't want to take a German suplex. You'll see plenty of those in other matches. Like I'm good not taking a German suplex in a Apollo driver. You know, I can tell a story. That's fine. I'm still going to be bumping around and doing my thing. But there's just some moves that I'm just taking out of my repertoire. There you go. So, yeah. what's it like the first time that you step back into the ring, preparing for this big match that you have? Oh man, yeah, it was wild. So I got in with Dimalenko. We were thinking about like different spots we could potentially do. So we got like, I love Dean. He's amazing. He's just always been a mentor to me throughout my my career there. And now he's over here. He's again one of the one of the reasons that I came over too. Was was I was like, oh, Dean's there. Like, yeah, I feel comfortable. And so like I went, uh, we did some spots, and he put like a little um, one of the pads under the second rope. And then he was like, do you want to try this? Like we like a potential thing that we can do. For the finish, so I was like, sure. And then I took like a bump onto this crash pad, which was enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> Any wrestler will tell you, taking a bump that when you're not in a match, where the adrenaline isn't pumping, mm-hmm. whether you've been out for years, been out for one day, haven't wrestled in for a couple of hours, no adrenaline, no warm up, you're like, it sucks. Like you're toast. I'm like, fart noises, it sucks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, when I actually did the, you know, my finisher, to which I'm, trying, I'm figuring out new names for these things now. But uh, when I did my finisher to Brit, I did not feel a thing. Nothing. It was like a frigging cloud. I was just like, oh, I was like, okay, there she is. You know, it was like very easy. Even afterwards, like I felt absolutely fine. I feel fine now. You know, it's just, it's crazy what your body remembers once you get in the swing of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like that muscle memory. Like before I was one big scab and callus because I've been wrestling for so many years. And then my body fully healed itself. And I was just like, oh, no, like, what's my body going to do now? But muscle memory, man, muscle memory. It's one of those, uh, if you haven't been in the ring for a bit, and then you mm-hmm. suddenly come back and you've got all those, like, ring rope marks. Oh, uh, the rope buns and stuff? And it just oh, looks like yeah. you're into some fun. weird, kinky shit where it's like, oh, my God, like, you just look terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get random bruises everywhere. You're just like, oh, gosh, I look like I get my ass beat or something. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah, people don't understand how hard that ring is on your body. Like, yeah. no, those are actual cables. It's like, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It I commend you. I commend you. I want to talk about how Brit is sort of the face of our division. Yeah. She says, at least. Um, <laughs> but she's she's like one of our big homegrown stars. Yeah. And you yourself having the history that you have at WWE, 
getting Divas Championship as young as you did and just the impact you had over there. What does it mean to you to have her be sort of your first opponent? I mean, I think it's fantastic. First of all, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brit. You know, like she's always been like super respectful to me and super nice. You know, like I've never had any issues outside the ring with her. And I respect what she's done in AEW because she didn't have like the previous experience with TV before she got thrown into the spotlight. And I feel like that's so, it says a lot for a woman as well in the wrestling industry. That part is extremely important because, I mean, we are looked at under a freaking telescope. Mm. We get freaking shit on a lot, you know, even when we're doing well, it's still never going to be good enough. You know, it's really frustrating for a small part of the community, I would say. A lot of people are very supportive, but... The very vocal and loud part of the community. Exactly. Like, the hate is always the loudest. And you're just like, fuck, if we're in person, I'd beat the shit out of you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jay and Silent Bob, I'm going to freaking find out where you live, turn up at your house and beat the shit out of you. But, um, yeah, Brit was the first ever signee to AEW, which is all, like already a huge accomplishment, right? And then to be like, okay, here's a mic, here's a live crowd, here's millions of people watching you on TV. That's an intimidating, that's a scary experience. And she kind of just took it and ran with it and helped build this division. You know, whether you like her character on TV or not, she does a really good job of being a heel. She helped build that division and made it the way it was. I kind of like related to that in a way where I just like, I wasn't the only one that helped out with the revolution. I never said I was. It takes a group effort. But I was one of the people that was in the mix of, of creating change. A huge part of it. And building a division. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, why not be the ones that face off against each other? It was the ones that helped build divisions, you know? And then I come in and it's a little heelish for me to come in and be like, no, this is my house now. You know what I mean? But, you know, Sarai's always been a little heelish. <laughs> so, <laughs> I support it. Um, I just felt like it was the, it was the, just the perfect route to go was to go for me and Brit first. And then in any way I can, I want to help out the division, whether it be behind the scenes or in front of the scenes or face any of the girls. If they, if they want to face me, I can't say that like some of them probably don't, you know, but like, I would love to be able to face them all. And also I want to say there was like, you know, these things on the internet caused by uh, the podcast, the same people like are so crazy backstage. I'm like, the girls division are really sweet. I was like, I don't know where that's coming from, but like the, couple of months I've been there everyone's been respectful and mm-hmm. sweet and it's just been the morale is really like great back there and everyone's just so supportive of each other um I was just like where is this even coming from but again the internet they love to tell stories don't they they do well I, I want to back up a second because you obviously made such a huge impact when you debuted here in AEW at Grand Slam in Queens Wondering if you could tell us about what that day was like for you, the experience. Obviously, it was such a big shock to all of us when you came out. We were jumping out of our seats at commentary. So tell us a little bit about that. Dude, it was wild because it all happened like very fast. Tony was like, well, maybe we can do this in two weeks by Grand Slam. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I was like, we have to keep this a secret Mm -hmm. because there's never any secrets in wrestling ever. When people are re-debuting or just debuting in general, it always get leaked somehow. Right. And it was like, we have to be like really smart about this. Only tell a select few. So I think the people that actually knew in the end was obviously Tony and his lawyer, of course. Mm-hmm. Renee and Moxley, Jericho and Britt. And even like the, the day of, I still didn't tell Britt that it was completely confirmed. She was texting me every day, <laughs> every day. She was just like, so what's the deal? And I wanted to surprise her too. So I was like, okay. And I was just like very careful about who like, Knew. Like, obviously, my boyfriend knew too, you know. But I was like, 
I'm not, I just didn't want it to be leaked. Yeah. So, and then, you know, there was like a little room that they, they called the electric. The tech room. Tech supply closet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right near the girl position too. So I was just like, I cannot leave this, even if I wanted to. There was no toilet in there. There was no freaking AC in there. I was like, there's no mirrors. I was just like sweating. I'm like, fuck, you know, but I was like, this is going to be so worth it. But like trying to get smuggled in, like you have to walk through all the hallway too, where all the wrestlers are hanging out. And so like I had like this hood and sunglasses and I saw Pac and Claudio, you know, and we get way back. So I'm just like, I instinctively like look up to be like, hey, and the security just like pushed my head down. He's like, can you get I'm like, oh, you know, and, and Pac is just like, did anyone else see that? You know what I mean? It was so funny. And I was just like, oh shit. So he probably already knows, but it was like very surreal. And then I came out, like the girls came just as they were about to walk out in their match. Like I, I told them to bring them all in so that they know what's happening and all that kind of stuff. And they were all so sweet and everyone was so excited, you know, it was awesome. Then yeah, like the music freaking hit. And I was like, no one's going to know me as Sarah. There's new ring music, which is my boyfriend's music, by the way. Yes. There's new ring music. I'm under a new name, which is my own. And so like, I was like, how are they going to react? So at first it was like, who's this music? Like, who is this? Like, what's happening? And then luckily my name popped up and people knew who it was. I was like, oh shit. And the crowd like erupted. Mm-hmm. Like they were incredible. It was one of the, the best moments of my career. And like, they were like loud when I made my first return. You know, they were pretty loud when I made my debut, you know, because not everyone knew who I was, but they were still loud. We got, oh, this is awesome chant. That was the loudest a crowd has reacted to me in my whole career. I was just like, Holy shit, it's been five years, you guys. Like, what the heck? You know, you don't you don't even know what I'm doing here. But they were just happy to see me and it, it just felt amazing. It's so well deserved. Like everything that you did yeah, previously, no like about that. people remember that in wrestling and they remember the history that individuals make and the impact that they leave on everything. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think just as soon as like the name happened, all of those emotions just came flooding back. And everyone knows like your story and the things you've been through and the medical stuff. And it's just like, oh my God, this is this incredible moment. I remember backstage, like they were sneaking you through and I didn't know who it was. Like Daryl comes up to me, one of our backstage like live producers. And he's like, hey, I need you to walk next to me. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, why? And he goes, we need to block somebody. I'm like, okay, cool. Because we're like trying to like be wide and like block the hallway so people don't see. I know, security and stuff like that. So can we get like the biggest security guys like walking through just like, okay, we're going to try and like hide the vantage point. I'm like, who the hell is this person in a baggy sweatshirt and like glasses? Yeah. I like <laughs> couldn't figure it out. I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't know who it is. And I honestly didn't know until you came out. It was like, man, this is, we're on the down low. We're sly. I love it. Yeah. And we definitely, we actually shocked the freaking wrestling community. You sure did. Yeah, people were just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, how did they manage to keep this a secret? So it just worked out absolutely perfectly. And I'm so happy it did because, man, it's wild. When, But I will tell you, though, the second week when I did the promo, which wasn't the best promo I've ever did, and I was really disappointed in it, I realized how crazy the internet community can be. And I even in my head at that point was like, did I make a mistake coming back? I hadn't been around wrestling community like online in a while and i made the rookie move to check it that week after like the second week and i was like man that was like my biggest regret is checking it because it made me feel awful and i was just like i didn't think it was that terrible you know i didn't think i did that awful of job i stumbled some words like i was just getting in the swing of things i was fucking nervous i let the nerves get the better of me and that's on me but at one point i was like did i make a mistake like what the fuck and it like it broke me for a second because i was just like no 
And in my head, I was like, I need another opportunity to do a promo. I need it because I know I can get them back. And so, you know, we did this promo with Brit and it was just so well received and just like people absolutely loved it. Although I did get Tokyo Drama Sumo whole mixed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I meant? But yeah, I was like, even when in the ring when I said that, I was like, oh my God, fucking dumbass. And I get to all myself backstage. I'm like, Ray, stop telling yourself that. And you know when you tell yourself not to say something? And then you say it. <laughs> and then you fucking say it. And then you're yep. like, oh my God, I'm such a dummy. I was thinking about that promo from like, we changed stuff last minute with the sit down, like me, Britt and Renee and Mox, because Mox has been like a big producer on our, on our segment. After the, the, after the first promo, he was like, I'm going to fucking make sure that, you know, we, we make this as best as, as possible. You know, he was like, I want to help you. We changed the, the sit down and we were just like, okay, because they only gave us two minutes and we're like, we're not, we're not going to be able to tell a story in two minutes, especially backstage with no live crowd. You can't feel it. You can't feel the energy. So that promo we were supposed to do in two minutes in a backstage. Wow. Yeah. And we were just like, we're going to change this. And we didn't ask Tony about this even. <laughs> we just did it. Britt had to go do something anyway at like five o'clock, you know? So she was like, I'll be right back. And then we just went, you know what? We're just going to change it and say that she just didn't turn up. But it kind of fits in with her, yeah. you know, thinking, you know, that I'm just coming in and Renee's my friend. And, you know, that we can piece this together so much easier in two minutes. So we did that. It went way better we're just like okay this is way better like you know and then we told you know tony like is it okay if we get this promo next week and luckily he was so great with it even though we're changing his show on the day you know and he's just like no great but we'll get we're doing a backstage right now explaining why she didn't turn up and then next week we can give you guys six minutes we went over but we'll give you guys six minutes <laughs> but i just felt right like I'm, like I'm sorry we're going over but like the emotion in the crowd right now is just it felt good yeah sometimes you feel it and you can't say no it's just we got we got to ride the wave exactly like we have to just i'm not just going to cut this short because of this timing like we can tell a good story right now and build a great you know story to go to our match and we need this yes to make up for all the weeks where we haven't had like the best of builds you know like i came in and people people were just very confused about what i was doing now i'm cleared we need to tell a fucking story and get ready for this match you know absolutely Again, we're just like changing shit and like adding stuff and all that. And Tony's just been fantastic throughout the whole thing. He was just like, well, I can't change it. You know, so he's like, do your thing. At least it's working. We are talking to Soraya on AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Alex talking a lot about joining AEW, her initial debut and all this stuff. But we've got so much more to talk about coming up. And we're back. It's Unrestricted, Aubrey and Alex with our very special guest, Soraya. Soraya, we are so pumped and excited to have you here. What an exciting time. Ever since you've arrived, the electricity is in the air. And we know that you have an amazing backstory. So we'd love to start talking about that because you were basically born in this industry, right? Can you give us a little bit of insight of what that was like and when you decided, you know what? I need to get into this crazy world and do this myself. Yeah, so like, um, as... Most wrestling fans know I come from a wrestling family. The Knight family, they uh, own the company WAW since uh, 91. My dad's owned that company. And he was doing all the independence and stuff before that, you know, doing all the carnivals and all that kind of stuff, you know. But um, my mom was pregnant with me and didn't realize. And Robbie Brookside, if everyone knows, like, people know who Robbie Brookside is. He's an old school British wrestler, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, he's a trainer actually in uh, NXT right now. But the PC, yeah. 
Yeah, he actually gave me my first bump, technically. He gorilla pressed my mom from the inside the ring to the outside. Oh, no. <laughs> onto my dad. And she was pregnant with me, but she didn't know. But I was like, I've been bumping since I was a fetus. So I was meant to be in this business. I tried to fight it. I really did try to fight the wrestling business, you know. When I was growing up, I just kept seeing, like, the injuries and just, like, the long hours and not being home and stuff. Like, I, I barely got to see my parents, you know. So we kind of, like... I was kind of jaded towards it a little bit growing up. But I was like, I'm going to be a vet. You know, I'm going to do this with animals. Be the... But the force is too strong in wrestling. So when I was 13, I had already been in the ring, you know, growing up in a wrestling family, you know, stuff, you know. Yeah. And so uh, my dad was one of the girls just didn't turn up for one of his shows. So he was like, Soraya, would you just mind filling in the spot? And it was like a big girls match. There was just like six men or something like something like that. And my brother was like, well, I will if Zach gets in there and he dresses up, pretends to be a woman, you know, so he just was the pink lady for me <laughs> at 13 and he was 14 because he'd already had like friggin' years in the wrestling business by that point. I got in there and I actually knocked myself out the first match. And I just remember laying on the, gro uh, the ground and getting pinned and my leg in the air and everyone was like kind of like in slow motion. And I was like, I love this business. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, was like, I love it. And I was just so addicted to it at that point. I was like, I have to do this. And like, I was already watching, you know, American wrestling and water sport and stuff like that. But at that point, the pinnacle was to be a diva. You know, like, that's when you make it. Like, you know, luckily nowadays we do have AEW, New Japan and all these big companies. But back then it was just WWE and you make it when you get to WWE. And so I was just like, man, I want to be a diva. Like, that's all I wanted to be. And that's when I'd be sending out resumes, like I said in the promo. And I did get turned down. And one of the companies was called Irish Whip Wrestling. And they said that we just don't have girls on the show. And like, at that point, I was just like, I was like, I need to change that. So in my head, even that point, I was like, I need to change that. Like, I fucking hate that. And then, you know, mm -hmm. finally being able to make it eventually, right? The first, I, the, I got turned down on my first tryout. But that's because I just, they could see right through me, you know? Like, I tried to dress the way I thought Divas to dress. So I got spray tan, I lined my hair, took my piercings out, you know, like wore a little bit of color. And they were just like, oh, I don't know what's happening with this chick, but that, you know, <laughs> they were just like, you know, come back in a couple of months and six months when we come back and, and we'll see from there. So I went dressed as myself. There was Jamie Noble and Goldust, Dustin, who was uh, doing the, the training or the, the tryout then. And I was the only girl. Jamie came up into the corner because it was like a big tryout. There was like all men, around the ring and then you had all the WWE superstars watching by the way this was mm -hmm. before Smackdown the most intimidating experience of my life yeah that's not intimidating no pressure yeah exactly you had like Randy on Edge like you know like just all these massive like superstars <laughs> and you're like oh my god you know which they end up being the, the biggest sweethearts but still so um everyone was tagging in and out and that was that was the deal back then before NXT came along and you had like these week-long tryouts but Jamie Noble backed into the corner. He was like, all right, tag yourself in. And my brother was there too. So me and Zach got in. I, I tagged myself in on the biggest guy, by the way. He was like jacked. And as soon as I tagged myself, he looked at me like, what the <laughs> fuck is your problem kind of thing? And I was like, it's my time. Sorry. Like, I can't, like, I can't apologize. Like, we all have to try and shine here, you know? Yep. And so I took the opportunity when, you know, he told me to tag myself in. I'm like, oh, right, be mad at Jamie Noble. You know what I mean? Sorry. I tagged myself in, got in, and me and Zach were in there for a long time, and they were telling us not to tag out, so everyone was getting very frustrated. You know, Dustin and, and Jamie were just loving it. And then, you know, we finished the tryout, and then Dustin stayed with me afterwards, and he was, like, helping move, like, a headlock or a pin. You know, he was like, these things could be tightened up. 
afterwards everyone went to go get changed and then one by one we got brought into like an office and stuff and they told me like okay you're signed and i was like are you fucking shitting me like this is crazy like i'm 19 years old like this is what 18 at the time i went in january 2012 but i got signed in 2011 right so i was just like holy shit like this is fucking nuts and then i was like i still don't believe it so i'm like standing there with my mom at ringside zach is still in the back with the guys and stuff like that the Triple H walks past me and he was just like, welcome aboard and like shook my hand. And I was like, oh my God, this is real. Like the first interaction I had with Triple H too, like this legend, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then, yeah, I got signed, came over here and and everyone knows what happens after that. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. I want to, I want to go back a little bit because you had said like you part of the Knight family, this wonderful family with so much history. Mm-hmm. So you had wrestled as Brittany Knight what was the the story behind sort of that name? And what does it mean for you to actually be using your real name now? So the Knight family is a Knight name. My dad loved Gladys Knight growing up. So he <laughs> named himself after Gladys Knight. <laughs> That's nice. Which is better than our real last name, which is Beavis. The amount of freaking jokes I had about Be- yeah, Beavis and Butthead jokes. Days on days on days on days. But yeah, Brittany came from when I was younger, I had my mom used to dye my hair all these different colors and she bleached my hair blonde and I didn't wear makeup. And so my dad thought I looked like Britney Spears. So um, he called me Brittany as soon as I like, he had to come up with the name, he called me Brittany because my mom was using Soraya. She still uses Soraya to this day. I'm like, sorry, mom, but I have to, you know. So yeah, Br- that's how Brittany and I came about. It's just a Britney Spears, Britney Spears fan over him. <laughs> that's fantastic. So... Obviously, you know, you started out young, you got this opportunity, and then you became the first or the youngest Divas champion. What was that moment like? What was going through your mind when this happened? I just never thought, like, you know, at 21 from Norwich, England, like, it's just a small city, you know, and just like, I come from like a council estate and just like, I was awful in school. Like, I was just, I wouldn't recommend being awful in school because I wish I wasn't now when I look back on it, but like, I just wanted to be a wrestler so bad that I did not concentrate on school very much. But it's just very wild to think that I got to the, that stage in my life at such a young age. I was very fortunate in my journey, but I worked very hard for it. I worked very, very hard for it. And coming over to America, first of all, from a different country is the most bizarre experience of my life, too. It was very intimidating and very scary. And I was always independent, but coming to a different country is a whole different ball game. You know, because once WWE signs you back then, I don't know if it's the same now, but they get you a visa and then you're on your own. So I'm like, well, what the fuck? Luckily, I did the indie. So I knew this woman called Lexi Five who owned Shine and helped with Shimmer and stuff like that. You know, she took me in for a couple of weeks and helped me get my social security, helped me get an apartment, helped me get furniture. Like she helped me so much. Like without her, I, I don't know, like if I would even find a fucking apartment or knew what rent is insurance was. Like she taught me so much new stuff. And I was like, oh, shit. Just coming over was bizarre. Restarting from scratch was crazy because people don't realize in different countries, wrestling is such a different style. And even the names and the moves are different too. Mm. So I had to start from scratch and then build a character and learn how to work TV uh, cameras and learn how to like do certain facials and tell, tell a, a better story. And, you know, like, like this is psychology. You have to start from scratch. And so, yeah, I, I worked very hard for it, but I still didn't think at 21 I'd be called cool that, you know. The one thing that I did, you know, we did the NXT and I was the first ever NXT Women's Champion, which is already like, and I got, luckily I got cleared that day because I had a surgery 
on my ovaries. I had to have a dermoid cyst removed like a couple of weeks before that. Wow. And I still had like some of the like dissolvable stitches in there or whatever, but, and it was like, all right, let's take a month. If you can't do it, like we're not going to clear you and stuff. So I was like training and I was like, I can do this. I promise you I'm so good. And he cleared me that day. Luckily. Wow. Because again, you just don't know where your story would go if like one thing just didn't happen, you know, the butterfly effect kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I got cleared. NXT Women's Champion, which is already fucking incredible, making history that way. And then to become a double champ with NXT and the only double champ with the NXT and Divas Championship. There was no one after me that, that did that. And I never lost it. Never lost the NXT Women's Champion, you know. Right. I know it was a long-winded response to that, but it was just such a wild experience. And I was just... It's very, very fortunate. I think even fans who sort of are watch the product and understand, like, I know when I saw it happening, because I was a big fan of NXT at the time, I was a big fan of WWE, and I'm watching this, and it's like, you come out, it's like, oh, that's that girl from NXT, and then you beat AJ Lee, who's like a huge star at the time, yeah. and it immediately sends a message of like, this is the girl, this is who we're who we're going behind. So even it's not only from like the company perspective, like, you know what, what that means, yeah. but I think the fans understand what that means. Yeah. The, it was a lot of pressure because, you know, I had a, like, I had a merch and NXT, which sold out instantly. So Hunter was just like, Oh, this girl, people love her. Right. So like, I mean, and every company wants to earn money from somebody. So they were just like, okay, like she can sell merch. People like her when she walks out, which is bizarre because, you know, I was very different to everybody. And I thought it was not bizarre because people kind of like a different flavor of ice cream, but people are so used to like a certain woman. I thought they weren't going to take to me as well. They had to get used to me. But they took to me and it was wonderful. And then Vince was like, okay, we will bring her up because Hunter was the one who wanted me to come up on the main roster. Vince was still kind of old school in his ways where he's like, wait, she doesn't have blonde hair and, you know, tan and big old boobs, you know. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> she's not stable. I don't understand, you know. And so he was like, okay, let's put her in purple. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's brighten her up a little bit. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> let's try this, you know. So I get purple game made and stuff like that. And then um, he gave me the opportunity to be on the main roster. And then he wanted me to be more timid. Whereas in NXT, I was more like rough and like, you know, angry emo, you know. And I had to be like, you know, like, hey, like, like, thanks for letting me like come in here and talk to you, Miss AJ. You know, like I had to be like, he wanted me to be this underdog. Which is always difficult to get people to not only who they don't know you, but like you. Because it's easier to get people to hate you than like you, especially in today's age. Like, it's easier to be a freaking heel than it is to be a baby face. Yeah. And I enjoy being a heel more. Like, it's easy. I don't get my hate feelings hurt as much as someone's talking shit to you. I'm like, whatever, I'm doing my job, right? And so I had to do this where I was still a little bit uncomfortable. I'm wearing a color that I'm uncomfortable with, you know, I'm like, fuck, and I have to go out here. And luckily, you know, people don't realize with WrestleMania, people are coming from all over the world. It's not just Americans, it's Europeans, it's just everybody's there. So a lot of people knew who I was from Europe. So that was lucky. On my first day that I went up there, we were getting this is awesome chance as soon as I was walking out. And I was like, great, like, this is great. And Vince was like over the moon. He was just like, good job. And then the next week, like all the Europeans left and it was just Americans. And it was like a pin drop when I was walking out. And I'm like, fuck, I have to get these people to like me. And I have to be timid. And people don't like it when you're too timid and too much of an underdog. You know, like they turn against you very quickly. Like they like a bit of edge to you. So yeah, it was very difficult for the first couple of like weeks or whatever until AJ come back. And we got to be really get our nails into this storyline of freaks and geeks and stuff like that and frenemies and all that kind of fun stuff. And like, 
that's when things really started to change. Like, yeah, I won the Divas Championship on the first day, but it was a long journey up until AJ came back when I could fully, like, showcase what I could do. And she could, like, you know, do something different with with someone different as well, you know, because she was so used to wrestling certain people. And now it's, like, so fresh. And people liked it. They were like, okay, like, these two alternative-looking girls, like, are going at each other. Like, it's... it's Age in love with AJ, you know? Do they hate each other? Like it was, it was like a whole different thing. It was, it was really fun though. I, I love that story. Absolutely fantastic. We are talking to Soraya here on AEW Unrestricted. We've got a lot more to talk about, and we've got fan questions coming up. We are back, AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey and Alex talking to Soraya. Before we get to fan questions, I, I want to talk about the movie. Yeah. 2019, Fighting With My Family, produced by The Rock, written and directed by Stephen Merchant. How did this documentary come about? How did you find out about it? Like, what was that like to have a movie made about your life? Yeah, so I tell this story a lot, but it's the best story ever. And just like, I'm so lucky the way it came about too. Like, I'm very lucky. Dwayne was over in the UK and he was feeling fast and furious and he just couldn't sleep one day. So he had like insomnia. Thank gosh for insomnia, right? So he stumbled across like my family documentary called Fighting With My Family, you know, and it was like a journey up until I got signed to WWE. He watched it, fell in love with my family and was just like, and then I was at WrestleMania because and like uh, WWE would do a thing where they would bring the NXT crew up so they can experience WrestleMania, which was awesome. And so I was up there you know, and I was talking to Bailey at the time and Emma, you know, and Dee Malenko again was at the table. And so, like, you know, I get this text on my phone. It was like, hey, it's DJ. Like, I would love to speak to you at some point today when you're not busy. And I'm like, who the fuck is DJ? <laughs> I'm like, why is this text on my phone? Like, who is this person? DJ? Don't know you. You know what I mean? And so, Dean, I was like, who's DJ? Like, do you have this number? And he was like, that's Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, The Rock. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize we gave him a nickname. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I was just 21 and fucking losing my shit. And I'm like, oh my God. So I uh, text back, like, trying to be like super chill, like, yeah, you know, doing nothing. Whenever you're ready, like, I'm available, you know. And like, within minutes, he'd sent someone to come get me, take me to his locker room. And I'm already like walking in there, like, everyone's looking at me, like, I'm not doing anything. I promise <laughs> so I walk in there and I'm like, it's like, Hey, I'm DJ. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, I know. Like, like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, sorry. Who are you? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, fuck. Dwayne Johnson. Like, this is fucking bizarre. And I'm just like, like the most famous man in the world is like, and you know, the person that made it out of wrestling. Like he is the pinnacle of success from wrestler to actor. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is crazy. Like I'm speaking to you right now. He was like, yeah, so, and he told me this story about Fast and Furious, now we can just leave and watch the documentary, and he was just like, I just fell in love with your family, they remind me of my family, like, you guys are very close, you love wrestling, you know, and, you know, you're just trying to better your life, and all, it was just like, I just loved it so much, so I'm gonna make a movie on it, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, are you shitting me, bro, and I was just like, and I just didn't know how to act, and then all of a sudden, I just like, burst into tears, and I'm just like, are you serious, he was just like, yeah, and he's like handing me these tissues and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I didn't expect this. It's like I'm 21. I appreciate that he had tissues on him. Right? Like, what a guy. Well prepared. <laughs> oh, yeah. Box of tissues on the table. If I can hand them to me. And I'm just like, he was like prepared, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he was like, but I have some other news for you as well. And I'm just like, what? And like, you know, and he's just like, well, I was just in the writer's room. Yeah, you're going to debut on winning Divas Championship tomorrow. And I'm like, 
Wow. <laughs> and so I'm crying even more. Fucking eyelashes falling off and a snot and everywhere. And he's like, fucking hand me <laughs> tissues as quick as possible. You know, and he's just like, oh my God. He's like, okay, but you need to calm down because no one's supposed to know about this and you can't tell anybody. And I'm like, about any of this, about any of it, the movie, the Divas Championship, nothing. And I'm like, wow. Thank you so much. You know, and he, he gave me like this big hug. And he's like, all right, I have to, you know, get ready to go out there. But thank you for letting me t- like take some of your time and I'll I'll speak to you again. Like we'll get the ball rolling with this movie and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, fuck. <laughs> so then I end up like leaving and Tamina's coming in at the same time because they're cousins, right? So she's coming in to see Dwayne. And she just like I we walk out at the same time and I'm like, like this, like tears rolling down my face. And she's like, are you good sis like what are you doing in there <laughs> and i'm just like i'm just a really big fan of Dwayne. like you know, i'm just like kind of just like walked away and i'm like i don't know what else to say to this woman you know well played oh my god i'm just i just didn't know what to say so like you know i, I did call my family and i told um i didn't say anything about the divas championship i wanted to surprise him with that but with the movie my dad's very old school so he's like i'll believe it when i see it you know what i mean no i'm not gonna get my hopes up and stuff but yeah, like a few years later, once Dwayne had found like the perfect writer director, which is Stephen Merchant, like he was absolutely fantastic, man. Like he was so hands on. Like he got in the ring. He like wanted to feel what it was like to be a wrestler. Mm. He just did his research. He spent hours with my family. He called me nearly every day, even the small things. He was just like, well, how did you feel in this moment? Like, what were your reaction? And then he would ask me the same thing over and over again on different days because he wanted to be able to perfect it. And so, yeah, we, we got the ball rolling and and obviously I didn't have to wait very long to keep the Divas Championship a secret, but the movie I had to like keep to myself a year and a half, two years. You know? Oh my God. Yeah, it was absolutely bizarre, but it all started, the ball was rolling and it was happening, you know, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I thought I'd have to die to get this movie kind of thing. And then I'm looking at all these huge superstars and huge wrestlers and legends in the world. And I'm just like, I'm the one who's getting a movie about my life. I kind of felt like it was uh, bittersweet because I felt fantastic about it. But I'm like, oh, I kind of feel bad because, you know, all these other people don't don't have a movie. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I have a great story to tell. <laughs> you did. That movie was so much fun and so entertaining. It was. Uh, it, it brings a smile to my face when I think of it because there's just so many funny parts of that movie and obviously entertaining, and your story is fantastic. And we have a bunch of actual questions from fans who want to learn more about you. This is a really great one. I really want to start off with Sultan of Sarcasm wants to know, other than Britt, who would you like to have a chance to work now that you are officially cleared? Oh, man. Luckily, AEW has such a great roster of women. Mm -hmm. Like They're all fantastic, and I feel like they should be showcased more in promos and stuff like that, because they do get longer matches, but to tell a good story, you do need promos, and you need to have these, you know, segments. I would love to face Jamie here. I mean, she's such a huge baby face. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, people absolutely adore her. It's so cool to see, you know. And she's so humble about it. She's like, I don't know why. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you're fantastic. Um, she's so great. And Tony Storm, like I saw her in WWE, but at that point I couldn't wrestle anymore. And I was like, man, like it's kind of that's bittersweet too, you know. Like I get to watch her, which is awesome, but I don't get to face her, which is annoying. And so like I've always just loved her work. So I'd love to face face her. I would love to face Nyla. Mm. Wow. I would love to tell a good story with Jade because I feel like she looks fantastic and like her promo skills again so much better. And she's like really trying very hard. When it comes to wrestling and stuff like that, like she's training a lot, like she wants this. And I would love to be able to, you know, 
have that story with her and, you know, have those face-to-faces and backstages and eventually have, you know, a match with her. But yeah, we, we just have such a, like a plethora of just talented women back then. I would be happy with, with anybody, honestly. They're just all fantastic. So kind of a related question, but coming at it from another angle, Joey Romero asks, if you could select four women, well, I guess three women, to start a four horsewomen type faction, who would you choose? Who would you pair yourself up with? In AEW? Just yeah. Like, yeah, as a whole. Okay, so I would have to get the Brits together. I feel like Jamie and Tony. <laughs> yes. And then I would have Brit in there too, even though we're in like a story, you know, just because... Mm. She's the pinnacle of the women's division. My dogs are starting to fight now. Good job. No, please don't stop. They're wrestlers too. <laughs> of course they are. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey. That's enough. Sorry, my dogs are deciding right now that they want to play fight. That's enough, please. Thank you. Oh, wow, they listen to you. Look at that. They do. Like, Lobster's a little older, so he like is he's good, but this one is still young. He's eight months old. Oh, oh wow. He's a puppy. I mean... But he's such a sweet little angel still. So when I do tell him, he's like very good. He's very, very good. We have we have a good pair of dogs here. We're very fortunate. Right, buddies? Right. Lobster and Aussie. <laughs> Lobster and Aussie. The fantastic names. Yeah. So obviously we know that you are a big streamer. And Jason Roblowski wants to know what's your favorite video game? Um, right now... Before, it was like I was so into World of Warcraft, like, but it took up my life. <laughs> now, I like more competitive stuff, so I play a lot of Fortnite. I love that. Oh, wow. I play a lot with uh, Zelina Vega from WWE, but also I have a couple of friends, Raquel, who's a non-wrestler, but I have like a great group of injury. Like, we just have this great like team happening. Oh, I'm a makeup artist, Zach, too. Like, he likes to Fortnite with us, too. I love Zach every time he pops around backstage. It's like, oh, hey, how are you? He's so great. He's so sweet, isn't he? Yeah. I like to bring him along. And he's always like, oh, I feel I don't want to feel like I'm in the way. I was like, no, everyone's so sweet. Everyone's like so sweet. And they're like accepting too. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I keep bringing people, you know, but like Zach is just so sweet. He's coming. He's, he's going to be coming to the pay-per-view, but. It's so funny because like the makeup room is like the hangout room. Where everybody's yeah. like, hey, how are you? And everybody catches up. And I like that he's just kind of like inserted himself. It's like, no, he's just here all the time. It's great. I love it. Yeah, he already got offered a job there. And he's really just like, <laughs> like I get a text and they were just like, uh, is Zach here with you today? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, they were like, oh, can we see him? So he goes to the makeup room and they were just like, do you want to work here? And he was just like, I would love to, but I'd have to give up all my other clients, you know? And he was, he's just mm. built such a clientele that he can't just like, say goodbye to them you know i can't even have them every week i wish i could but that's how much they love him they're like come and work with us <laughs> oh yeah it's like yeah. we just want good energy in the makeup room yeah. right like that's all you need let let artists and performers work you're all gonna have some good shit happen exactly we have a question from phil the promoter which i'm actually interested in knowing the story behind it uh what's the inspiration behind your tattoos Oh, man. Okay, well, this one has some deep inspiration. It's called I Was Drunk as Fuck. <laughs> and I decided to get the most dumbest tattoo of my fucking life. So, uh, yeah, this one, I had, like, my one of my uh, best friends, Joey. So we, like, opened up this Soraya store a few years ago. And I had, like, this patch and said, talk shit, get bit. And this is why I don't drink anymore. Because not only was it a problem, but I also make really dumb decisions, right? So we go to like this tattoo place and we're like, let's celebrate the fact that the store opened. So he gets this lip logo, which is very hidden. I was like, I want to get tool shit, get fit on me, right? I think it was the best idea ever. I was like, where should I get it? And he was like, on your hands. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I still hold a grudge against him to this day because as soon as I did that, oh my God, I got to work and they would like, Mark Carano at the time was just like, let me see your hands. And I like covered up with makeup at that point. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was just like, oh, okay. Because they were freaking out. The writers and everything. So I'm like, hold the microphone. And I have to be like, oh shit. <laughs> what was wrong with me? Can't really say that on TV. Oh man. <laughs> and then a lot of the other tattoos, like, so I have, I have a brother that passed away right here. He was an adoptive brother. His name was Isaac from Norway, but like he lived with us and my family adopted him. He, he passed away from a car accident. He just didn't wipe his windshield, the ice off the windshield and he crashed into a wow. tree and broke his neck and, and died. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I have a Johnny Cash lyrics, which is really weird because he made his own memorial video. It was really weird. He made his own memorial video and had John, Johnny Cash song. Um, it was, if you could read my mind, love, and that's why I have it tattooed on here. Oh, but he was just so creative like that. But he made this really sad video of himself. And like a couple of weeks later, he like, he died. Wow. It was just crazy. So that was like his miracle. And then this one, I just really love Rihanna. And I saw she had a tattoo like this. And not like the exact same, but under her boobs. And I was like, man, these are so pretty. So I got that done. I got Girl in the Mirror, which I fucking hate. I need to get it removed. I'm getting a lot removed. Um, I got this when I wanted to get off drugs. But this I did this while I was on drugs. I was like, I need to change my life. So I'm going to get this tattoo. And after this one binge, I'm going to stop doing drugs. But that didn't happen. And that's why I hate the tattoo so much. <laughs> didn't work out too well. I have a lobster behind my ear for my dog. For the dog. Yeah, I have a rose. I randomly got, because I was I was living with my friend Raquel at the time when I was getting sober. And she had a friend come over who was staying there too. And she was a tattoo artist. So we were like, I was getting sober from drugs. So I was still drinking a little bit then. And I was like, we were wine drunk. And I was like, tattoo me. All these stories come from being drunk, I'm telling you. Oh, no. Like, even this one, like, it was like a friendship tattoo. I don't even want to tell you what that stands for. It's just fucking embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got this, like, little thing, which I kind of like this one. I think that's it. Oh, I have this on my collarbone. Live my life. I hate that one, too. These, I got these all on when I was drinking and shit, like, and I fucking hate them so much. So most of these are going to get removed, except from this one, my brother's one, and my lobster, and the all the little bullshit ones. Toast. Done. You could always end up covering them up. It's like they're there. I did. I've and then, covered like mm-hmm. a bunch of them up and they look like big fucking blurs now. It's a whole fucking issue. <laughs> I need to like just get them lasered. Well, so that's the problem with getting them on your hands and shit. Yeah, just get them lasered. It'll take a bit, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, or wear gloves. Yeah, or wear gloves. I can't. I just wear gloves for all. Like, it's very mysterious. For, if I just wear gloves <laughs> 24 hours a day. Hey, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, why not? I just, I just take a leaf out of your book. There we go. So listen, we've got a, an exciting time ahead of us in AEW. And I think it's Ileana wants to know, are you excited for the day that AEW finally comes to the UK? Because now we know it's official. It's real. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm so happy that I came at the time when you guys are going over to the UK. It's just this perfect timing for me. And then like going over there, my home country, my family can come along. You know, I'm just really, really excited. And the British crowds are always really fucking fun mm-hmm. most of them are drunk <laughs> when they come. so they're very rowdy they're happy though like they're not they're not shit talkers they're just like having a great time and they're just always a really really fun crowd they'll sing to everyone's entrance music they're just a fun bunch i'm so proud and like i'm biased towards them of course but i'm excited to get back there 
It's going to be awesome. I can't wait just to be over there. I can't wait to see the audience reaction to you returning home. Mm -hmm. I can't yeah. wait for just AEW to have all these historic moments and for you to be a part of them. Like, this is fucking awesome. And thank you. I would love, like, because I have a family of wrestlers, you know, please, we have to get, like, my brother Zach because Zach has never made it. And it's so frustrating. He tries so hard. I'm like, we need to get him on an AEW doc show or something like that so we can showcase his thing. He just did New Japan. Very cool. And he like people like they loved him, so they they're bringing him back again. And it's just awesome. he got like such a great reaction when he walked out. Like people didn't know who he was at first, and then they said Zach Zodiac, and everyone was like, "Yes!" You know, and I was like, oh. it just gave me chills. And so I'm like, man, I would love for my brother to eventually, you know, be in AEW, and and my nephew Ricky Knight Jr., I, my nephew Patrick, just like you know, a whole family thing. And going over to the UK, I'm like, yes. I will plug them and try and get them on the dark show, you know? <laughs> I mean, I feel like Tony's the kind of guy that if you talk to him about it, he'll just be like, let's fucking go and just make it happen. Yeah. Well, my brother, Zach, is actually coming over on Monday because he's going to help me train and stuff like that. And he's nice. going to come to the show on Wednesday so everyone gets to meet Oh, my God. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. This was so awesome. Thank you for joining us on this bright early morning. I know by the time this airs, you will have already had your match. So, but but good luck. It's going to be awesome. I had a friend text me yesterday saying that is the match he's most excited about at the pay-per-view. Yeah, it was just like, she's like, I was kind of interested in pay-per-view. I'm like, dude, don't fucking tell me that. But like Soraya <laughs> and Britt is the thing that I'm pumped for. I'm like, dude, that's that's dope. So I'm saying that promo that helped us so much. <laughs> it's so much. It helped you guys. It helped the women's division. The impact you have had at AEW so far has just been awesome and I, I cannot wait to see all of the things that you do for our company in our company thank you. all of the new history you're going to make for yourself Agreed. thank you so much for being here today thank you we have new episodes of unrestricted out every thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms you can watch the video editions on mondays just search aew unrestricted and you can see all these terrible tattoos that soraya has and demonstrated <laughs> on here just <laughs> awful just awful just awful, awful shit <laughs> I am Aubrey Edwards. This is Alex Apprentice. You can see us everywhere, every week on AEW Unrestricted, Dynamite Rampage, all of it. Thank you for tuning in. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Yeah.